Welcome to the Post Sunday Podcast, presented by Genesis Church. A place to go further, discover more, and to learn things you possibly never have. It's not just enough to know of God, we want you to know Him. Coming to you from sunny Orlando, Florida, it's time to rethink life the way God intended. This is the Genesis Post Sunday Podcast. What is going on, post-Sunday podcasters? I am your host, Pastor Johnny Sierra, here with you, episode 45, with no none other than our co-host, Pastor Tim Grandstaff. What is going on, brother? Seven remain. Woo! The, 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 the lucky number seven, number seven, the, the number of completion, <laughs> whatever it is, we're down to the last seven. That's it, amazing. It's, it's going great, man. It's been good. Um. Uh, sometime in the next few weeks, I want to pick your brain on what's been kind of the funnest moment on the pod here for you. We had so many. That would um, be fun to find out from our listeners. Yeah, I would right? love to hear. Like, yeah. how, if you guys would go on YouTube or on Instagram and you would drop that in the messages. This was my favorite episode. This was the, this was the best thing that I've learned or yeah. the most eye-opening or whatever, that would be really cool. Yeah. So that's how you could help us, yeah. all those listening this week. That would be great. Do that. Give Yeah, shout us out. Uh, s- submit that over on YouTube, uh, Instagram, anywhere. Anywhere you can find us on the pod. Uh, we get, we get a, a lot of questions on Spotify as well. Oh, yeah. So that is available uh, and yep. an option for uh, our listeners as well. But it's been fun, man. I think we'll maybe maybe have a Q&A or something. But there's a lot of things we've been talking about uh, as we – Start looking ahead, start, you know, looking at next year, what, you know, what we want to do, how we want to spice up the pot. And, uh, but we don't want to reinvent the wheel or fix anything that's not broken, man. This has been, this has been great to just savor and um, just a great tool, uh, even for the years to come as we package all of this together for 2020, what are we, 24? 23. Gosh, I'm ahead of myself a little bit. Yeah. It's crazy. 24 man. is coming. <laughs> it's coming fast. So, and, you know, we may do a live oh, pod yeah, an, recording. We've been thinking with, about with that. All of our listeners. Yeah. Merch is on the way. Yeah. It's in production. <laughs> I may or may not be wearing a shirt right now, but I'm not going to unveil it because Johnny doesn't have his shirt yet. <laughs> so we'll hold back. However, like, so those listening, that don't attend Genesis, the church that we pastor at. Yeah. Um, we will get the merch up on the Instagram account with nice. a link to where you could pre-order and then we'll mail that out to you. Yes. So you can email us at postsundaypodcast at gmail.com. You can go to at postsundaypodcast on Instagram um, and we'll get that post up probably by midweek this week nice. with all the information out. That's that way people cool. can order their merch swag. and represent. People going to be swaggy. It's all in, baby. They're going to be swag, post-Sunday swaggy. This is exciting, man. And, you know, hey, we'll we'll put some giveaways and different stuff here yeah. in the future. So a lot, a lot of cool things in the works, man. But The best uh, part was when I had the shirt on today and Chad was like, no way. Y'all, y'all got post-Sunday podcast <laughs> t-shirts. And then Jenny, our admin, said, oh, yeah, I'm ordering one. I want one. I was like, bingo. We already got 
pre-orders, bro. Bingo. Let's go. Yes, this is happening. It's the the post Sunday pod takeover, man. It's 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 so good. So we we got to be very careful how we or the, how we wear this swag. It's it's very um, <laughs> valuable. <laughs> but anyways, man, we're we're so thankful that you guys have uh, just tuned in, put an ear to what we're about to put. Uh, out there in the podcast world thank you for tuning in and being a part of it i just want to encourage you guys if you have if you don't follow us on itunes and spotify please do check us out follow us when new content comes out you'll get a notification that'll let you know that we have some new stuff out we try to get some new things out tuesdays for you guys that way you have it available <clears throat> but also follow us follow us on all social platforms tiktok instagram uh x as well as youtube and leave a review on itunes man the better that you can do that um it really just exposes the podcast to different eyes and gets the the gospel spread to all four corners of the world which is what we're Really getting ready to. Oh, I'm not. I see I like what that. you did there. You like that, right? I see that little <laughs> transition. Let's go. The segue man. was nice. Yes, yes. So we are excited to dive into episode 45 here. Uh, we're still in the book of Acts. So if you're uh, if you're joining us for the first time, uh, check check out the last few weeks. We it just really comes together, correlates together very well. But we are in the uh, book of Acts, chapter 10. We are speaking of Peter and Cornelius uh, this week, and it was really good, man, um, the way that we, the outline went. Uh, here at Genesis Church, we're in East Orlando. Um, we have services 815, 930, and 11. You can find us at GenesisChurchOrlando.com. But Pastor Chad, our executive pastor, and Pastor Tim, our lead pastor, here with me today, he... Um, they just they just came out the gate swinging together, man. And uh, what we love to call uh, kind of a blue chair conversation. We we they get they get up on stage. They have their their chairs very loungy, conversational, uh, and really just switched it up a little bit. And I thought it was appropriate for where we were going uh, this week. Yeah, and the great thing is that what we do on Sunday does have a correlation to what we do on the pod. Yep. For our church people, but for those that don't go to church and are watching or listening from wherever, um, the pod, we get to go further. And there's so much yesterday that because of that conversation and some things we were presenting to the church that we do as a church, we didn't get to really get into some pieces of the story that we're going to get into today. Yeah, That's the cool part. Yeah, so it's, awesome. it's like, there's just so much there that, that you don't always have the time for. And that's why we have this podcast because we want to help explain the scriptures the best that we can so that as many people as possible can rethink life the way God intended. Nice, so. nice. But before we do, we have a question of the week, post-Sunday podcast, post-Sunday podcast question of the week. And these questions can be submitted uh, at postsundaypodcast at gmail.com. You can submit your questions there. But if you do comment on our YouTube or any of our Instagram posts, DM us directly. We also feature those as well. And we try to do our best to feature as many as we can. But we got a good one from YouTube today. And uh, our man Stanton is producing. He's on the hot seat this week. I am. What's up, bro? 45. Does anyone remember the significance behind the number 45. I know we had a big deal about the number 23, but 45? Jordan, um, his second number? His second number when he came back, he dropped 55 in the garden wearing the number 45. Also 45 when he wore against the Magic. Nick Anderson called him out. Legendary. Next game came out 23 and scorched the Magic. 
That's what we need, right? A little sports mixed with it. Bible. Oh, Let's this go. This is great. But yeah, first thing, first things first, first comment for um, YouTube here. So I think it deserves the special intro. So here we go. Let's go. If you smile, what the rock is cooking. You know what time it is, PSP listeners. You asked the hard questions, and Tim and Johnny dropped the spiritual knowledge in the segment we call the PSP Question of the Day. That never gets old. I love The Rock and the fact that I get to use his intro music as one of our intros for the question. I just can't get enough of that. But yeah, like we said... We've gotten emails, we've gotten Instagram comments, but now we finally have a YouTube reply on one of our videos, and it's coming from one of our people that watched one of our recent videos, and the question of the day says, did Saul have approval to kill Stephen, and if he did, why? Mm. Do you want to take that, don't you? <laughs> no. no, I'll leave that on you. Um, that's... Part of last week's yeah. uh, teaching, yeah. so um, thank you, thank you the, for for the comment there. That's that's really good. Um, yeah, I can see where yes, that's confusing, that. yeah. you know, yeah. because you're thinking, what what does that mean? Here's a guy that you know supposedly is following the commandments of God, and then now he is approving the execution of somebody. Uh, there's 613 commandments in the Old Testament. That's a lot. Uh, people need to realize, though, and know that not all 613 commandments were incumbent upon everybody. Mm. Uh, so it depended on if you're a male or female. It depended on if you're a king or a priest. There are uh, there are different commands for different people. So you were you were obligated to the commands that applied to you. And Saul is a Pharisee. He's a religious leader, devout. It tells us he uh, has passion. Um, zeal, we know, for the scriptures. He has authority in them. And so therefore he is trying to uphold the scriptures to what he believes should be done. And if you were to turn to Leviticus chapter 24, it's uh, the, some of the commandments being given at that time speak with about blasphemy. Mm. And therefore it says to Moses, God had told him, speak to the people of Israel and say, whoever curses his God shall bear his sin. Whoever blasphemies the name of the Lord shall surely be put to death. All the congregation shall stone him. The sojourner, which is the outsider, not just the, the Jew, but the outsider into the faith, as well as the native, when he blasphemies the name, capital M, the name of God, he shall be put to death. And so here Paul, Saul, in Acts chapter 9 believes, or Acts chapter 6 really is where we find the story, believes that Stephen is blaspheming the name of God by trying to say that Jesus is the son of God. He is the he is God in flesh. Mm. Therefore, he is looking into the scriptures going, if this guy is blaspheming God and the name of God, then he deserves to be put to death. So there is a scriptural correlation to that. Um, once again, we know he was spiritually blind and, and so uh, the beauty of that is that even in that moment, Stephen even declares, you know, pretty much what Jesus did on the cross, like, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Wow. Like, he realizes they don't see it, their spiritual blindness. Stephen has experienced it. He knows Jesus has risen from the dead and has ascended to heaven. Mm -hmm. So it says he looks up and he sees Jesus sitting at the right hand of the Father, 
you know, he gets this glimpse of where he's going and Saul's going to have his encounter with Jesus shortly to follow. Crazy, man. That's, that's a, it's a great moment. We spoke about that. And if you need a little bit more context, just check out episode 44, get to speak on some of the in-depth stuff there with that particular story. So it's hard to understand, but blasphemy and God was a serious thing and God wanted to make sure his people and anybody that joined them did not blaspheme in the name of God. And so the religious leaders really were trying to uphold that. But obviously, uh, their disbelief that Jesus was who he claimed to be uh, played a part in what was happening there. Yeah, yeah. That's good stuff, man. Well, let's get to it, man. Episode 45, we are here. And uh, and you just swung out the gate, man, as far as this amazing, uh, Just, I mean, you laid it out a few weeks ago uh, when we were in G- with just kind of speaking a lot in depth with Jesus and, and, and him being alive, uh, in the scriptures as we've been, um, throughout, uh, following this, uh, this continuous path all the way to revelation. But, um, the message, the mission, the miracles, you knocked it out from there. Um, and that's been kind of the focus. That's really been a lot of how the gospel has Jesus's mission, his message, miracles, uh, we see that as well in the way that the disciples were working, in the way that they were uh, doing uh, their work in, in increasing the growth of the kingdom of God. But in Acts 10, and this is kind of where we want to we want to hone in on. So if you guys got some scripture, you got word with you, uh, dive right in with us. But in Acts 10, chapter one, uh, chapter 10, verses 1 through 2, at Caesarea, there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion of what was known as the Italian cohort. A devout man who feared God with all his household gave alms generously to the people and prayed continually to God. Good man. Yes, very good, good man. man. Yeah, so that's that's the great part of like whenever the Bible really describes someone in all of their character traits, you need to lean into that. Like it, it's not just a name, right? Wow, that's important. When they really begin to tell you about the person, there's a reason why the writer is wanting you to hear these qualities because these same qualities should be in all of us. Mm-hmm. You know, immediately he he wants you to know that he's he's an outsider, he's a Gentile, he's a, a, a Roman centurion of the Italian cohort. So therefore, he's letting you know he's as far outside of the Jewish people as you possibly can be because they're under the oppression of Rome during this time. And yet at the same time, he wants you to know that he's devout. What an incredible word. Like we don't even use that in our vocabulary today. When we talk about people like that person's so devout, right? Like that's, that's just something that we've moved on from. However, at the same time, there's, there's a beautiful depth to that understanding that someone would look at you and go, you're truly devout to what you believe. You know, what if, what if someone said that about you or could write that or claim that about you? Like, you know what? I don't know if I agree with everything that they agree with. I don't know if I believe in everything they believe in, but man, they're, they're devout. Mm. I was, uh, I was watching a clip the other day by, uh, I'm trying to think of his name now. Who's the guy that, uh, that just recently got out of prison, bald headed dude. Um, uh, he's, he's Muslim. He's, uh, what is his name? My goodness. Uh, it's pretty famous. And I don't want to spend too much time trying to fi- figure out right now. He's famous 
famous influencer. Let's just say that. Okay. Maybe his name will come up in a few seconds in my head. However, anyways, uh, he's, he's in an interview and he's Muslim and the person interviewing him is a Christian. And they said, you, you stopped being a Christian and became Muslim according to your upbringing. And he said, that's because I look at all these people who claim to be Christians and none of them fight for what they believe in. Mm. He said, at least in the Muslim faith, they wow. fight for what they believe in. And when, wow. when he said that, I thought, now you could take that you know, seriously and be like, well, let's go fight. No, I'm talking about just fighting for your faith. Are you yeah. so devout yeah. that when people are looking at it, they don't go, man, you're wishy-washy, you're soft, you don't really know what you believe. You know, this is why we said things like yesterday, like there's a difference in hearing the story of God and believing the story of God. And so this word devout matters. It doesn't just matter to your own character trait of following God. It matters because it's what the people visibly see around you. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the difference between being a hearer and a believer. Yes. It's that's, that's the difference here. I, I was sitting with my wife and she has been, she's an avid follower. She's awesome. Shout out to her. Loves every single minute of um, hearing our voices and hearing the word of God and everything. So, but I told her, I said, man, and she's just, just thinking about all that God's been doing this whole year. And I said, man, if, if no one has grown this year, my goodness, I don't know what, we, what else we could do for you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, exactly. if your faith has not caused you to do something, stir you up to believe and take you further into your faith and in action and i i don't know what else to do i don't know what else is there for you like we you know just as a church we have provided so much content this podcast is because of uh it stemmed out of the need of, of of extending and reaching and giving more resources out as best as we can if you haven't grown man whew, you missed the bus you're missing the bus yeah that's and yeah, so you got something for us, Dan? Andrew Tate is yeah, that's probably the guy. Who you're oh, about. Andrew yeah, Tate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But here's the thing with what you just said: is the scriptures truly come to life, right? They're living and active. And here's how you know it: like you just said, if you haven't grown, I don't know what else we can do. I think of the parable of Jesus that the sower throws the seed. Some falls on rocky ground some on thorny ground, some grows and then the weeds grow up and choke, choke it out and then others flourish. Yeah. And that's what we're finding. We're 45 weeks in and some people are flourishing and some people the enemy is trying to choke out and some people are just are so hard. They're okay with hearing it, but they don't really want to believe it and fight for it. They don't want to be devout to it. And yeah. that's what we're finding with Cornelius. It says he's devout. He's God-fearing. So this is a term biblically that outsiders of the Jewish faith were known for. That's what their original title was. Before we get the word Christian, Christianos, in the book of Acts, a few chapters later after all of this, is the first time it actually appears, the first believers were known as God-fearers. They feared the God of Israel. They, they're not even the people of God, the chosen people of God who are supposed to fear him. But as an outsider, they fear their God. And follow him. So there's two terms right there. If you're listening today, you could shut down the podcast and you could go away for the next few days and you could just contemplate. Do people see me as a devout follower of my faith? And do people see me as a God-fearing person? Wow. Right? 
the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord, Proverbs tells us. And then it tells us that he gave generously alms to the people. That was something that Israel did, not the Romans. The Romans taxed people. So here he is playing a part generously. He doesn't have to in what is taking place. So now he's known for that. And then it tells us that he is uh, prayed continually. So this man has a great godly reputation, not just amongst the people, not just amongst Luke who's writing about him, not just amongst Peter who's going to discover him, but it says for all of his household, everybody under his influence is reaping the benefits of this man. And I would dare to say, this is why we need more godly men. That is not to discount godly women, but we need godly men to lead their households and have a godly influence in their households where their wife and their children say, he is devout, he is God-fearing, he is generous, and he prays continually about all things. The church desperately needs men to rise up in this generation and lead as godly men. And Cornelius is a great example of the character traits we should be striving for. Yeah, no, it's good. And those are some of his traits. And it all really comes down to intentional living. I mean, strategic and purposeful moments engaging you with others, being intentional about taking the next step and and, and being that individual. Like all of these things, like you mentioned it, but they really take an approach of him saying, I, I, this is what I want to be. This is my reputation. I, in order for me to be a generous giver, I need to be giving, right? It's, just, there's, there's, it's, it's a simple, it's, it's, it, it, that's just how it works. If I want to be a person of prayer, I need to be praying. Like, that's it. Like you, you, you are what your daily habits are. Right. And so it, it's, it's, it's reconfiguring the direction of your life. Like, I got to pivot now. If I if I know this way is not taking me where I want to to be or who I'm trying to become, then it means I need to fix some things. I have to devote myself into prayer. I have to be more intentional about my faith. I have to be more intentional about giving. And so um, it was great because, I mean, we all, um, we, we, you know, we just, Halloween just came up a couple weeks ago and you know, um, for, for many, it's, it's, it's one of those, it's, it's kind of a, uh, your balancing beam. Some, some, you know, people are, have a hard time, um, through this holiday and there's some different conflicts and stuff, but, but I love where we have gone the last three years because we basically said, Hey, we know that people are out there in neighborhoods for a simple purpose of trick-or-treating. Why don't we make that into an opportunity for us to be givers of not only candy or snacks or whatever it may be, but givers of the good news of Jesus Christ yeah. and, and in creating opportunities of conversation, intentional, being intentional behind all of that. And you you were able to be a part of that with with some people from the church. Yeah, there's a reclaiming yeah. and a redeeming of all things. Yeah. That's what God does. I have no problem saying we don't celebrate Halloween in my house. And I can tell you why. And I know some people would say, well, that's your personal conviction. No, I can show you scripturally um, that messing around with witchcraft and even decorating it in, in evil and darkness, like you're not supposed to walk that road as a follower of Jesus. 
You are to abstain from all things evil or the appearance of evil in that regard. So I could take you down that road. And I know some people push back against it because they hear it, but they don't want to believe it. However, I can also say that there's one night out of the whole year where your street is lined with your neighbors and your kids. So while we don't decorate our house per se, we can come out with a table and candy and we can give it to neighbors and engage in conversations with them and, and build relationships with them. We don't have to shut the door and turn the light off. Right. Um, my kids can dress up as a, as a, cartoon character, but they don't have to dress up like, you know, Freddy Krueger, right? Like there's just a difference, right? And and how you can approach it. And for those that argue that I would say it doesn't give you the green light to go do whatever you want during that holiday. But I think about like when the nation of Israel crossed the Jordan river, the first thing God told them to do was to tear down all the Asherah poles and stones because they are worshiping false gods with them. Then he tells them to erect 12 stones that they would be a memorial to him. So the very thing he told them to tear down because it was being done for evil, he tells them to erect as a memorial in, in remembrance of what he does. So this God always can reclaim and redeem things that does not give you the green light to walk towards darkness and evil. But on this night, we can use it intentionally to reach people, to let people learn about who we are and to, and to see a devout, generous person, you know, in their neighborhood that that cares for them and their children or whatever that's what intentional living really is that's what cornelius is doing he is he is not just intentionally living it's began a reputation that's being written about for him his household and all those who know him even the people that he's over in authority because they're going to be with him he's going to grab some of his guards tell him what happens in his life and then they're going to go do this with him so he is intentional strategic yeah. and purposeful yeah. with his faith yeah yeah that's awesome man and so acts 10 3 about the ninth hour of the day he saw clearly in a vision an angel of god come in and say to him cornelius the next day as they were on their journey and approaching the city peter went up on the housetop about the sixth hour to pray and he, you want to stop there? Yeah, l- yeah, just just there. I think the connection needs to be made, and, and I don't want to yeah. miss the gap here because yeah, yeah, yeah. when God comes to Cornelius, he's terrified, mm. you know, and he's like, Lord, what is it that you want from me? And he tells him, he says in verse, uh, I think it's verse four, yeah, your prayers, listen to this, and your alms, your giving, have ascended as a memorial before God. Wow. So think about that. Your prayer and your giving ascend as a memorial to God. So in our own life, hmm. our prayer life matters, as you just said. You, uh, what does leadership say? You are, your, your outcome is not based upon your decisions. Your outcome is actually based upon your habits because your habits affect your decisions, which then have an outcome. It all goes back to your habits. Like you said, you want to pray more then you need habits of praying more. You want to give more, you need habits of giving more. This man's generosity in giving and his prayers ascend to God. And now God is going to tell him, go to Joppa. There's a man named Peter there. He's lodging there and an angel has spoken to him. And so he goes and tells two of his soldiers, we're going to travel down to Joppa. God is sending me there. So here's, here's two more Roman soldiers that are going to listen to his influence 
about this God he's fearing that's the God of the Jewish people, not the God of Rome. Rome believes Caesar is Lord, literally Lord, the, uh, the son of God. Um, and then it tells us at the same time, really, within less than 24 hours, Peter's praying because they're both praying throughout the day, morning, noon, afternoon. And so there's something we need to hone in on that when we're in our prayer time with God, God wants to talk and wants to move. And there are people, I had someone ask a question yesterday, um, what do you do with prayer when it gets mundane or redundant and you can't figure out where to go next in your prayer life? That's a reality, right? I don't know if it is for you, but it, it can be a struggle for me. Yeah, it's uh, prayer is a simple conversation with God. And and for me, when I approach prayer, I approach it in a very conversational moment. But then there's stuff that arises on a consistent basis. I used to feel like, man, I don't think God really uh, wants to hear this again. Uh, but then I remind myself that he wants to know the condition of my heart. And if that is what's really in my heart at the moment, that is what he cares about. He doesn't want empty calories, empty words. And um, I love, I want to hone in back on God not forgetting your prayers and your, your offerings and your giving. I talked to my team last Wednesday about ROI, a return of investment. And we had a few financial guys that deal with the, all of that. And with, with, with any financial investment, you want to see something in return. With prayer, sometimes you don't, you don't see that. You may not see that instantly but it doesn't mean that God has forgotten. And so there will be a return of investment some in way, shape, or form in prayer, in what you do. Nothing is in vain. Nothing is forgotten. I say this because I, I will say that these last three and a half years, there, aside from my decision of coming on staff here at Genesis Church, has really revolved and domino affected into a lot of great things for us. But I look at my wife and, and we have conversations and I tell her, honey, I believe we're in the position we're in because of the investments we've made in the past. The return of investment is coming into play. I'm not, I'm not, it's not, you know, I, I just, that's something for me, at least I, I feel like God has not forgotten the things that we've done in our youth, the things that we have sacrificed our life, the purity that we came into marriage with, all of that comes back into flourishing into our life, and God does not forget that. And so with saying that, those that are listening today, your prayers are not mundane. Your prayers are not wasted calories. God is, there's something there that he is working Keep doing it. Keep being, keep creating those habits. It's going to come to pass for your life. God is going to answer those. And, it, and you may be preparing the ground for what he's going to, the seed that he's going to deposit later on in your life, yeah. right? And I think we want a return of investment so fast because we live in that culture. We want to see something in return, but we don't realize that a lot of, some of the things we do really gives you a return of investment later on and security for later. If, if you were to keep that picture for a moment, yeah. first of all, we are not in any way, let's clarify, yeah. saying that your prayer and your return on investment is something monetarily that yeah, comes back exactly. to you. 
We're just using it as a metaphorical picture, right? But when you use that term, you think of those who have been able to withdraw in their life and the the abundance of wealth that they have accumulated has been because they would use the word it's diversified, right? Mm. So there are things that these people do that in the immediate here and now, they get a return on the investment, maybe financially, right? In their business or whatever. Yeah. However, they have invested in stocks that you can't pull out of till years and decades down the road, but they made the investment for what may come down the road. Or like, you know, I'm one of the people that when crypto came out, you know, bought some crypto, now it's pretty much all just been dead and buried and you're going maybe one day down the road, maybe. right? Yeah, yeah. But that's how your prayer life feels. Yeah. And I would say in my life and for those that struggle, I have learned to diversify my prayer life. Mm. It isn't the same mundane routine thing all the time. Maybe the way that I conversate doesn't often change, but I, I've learned to journal my prayers. I've learned to look at the prayers of others in scripture and, and even liturgical prayers just to see the depth of them being prayed before God. I have learned to pray scripture, just pray the, the, the scripture itself. Uh, currently, um, I'm doing what we are reading about with, with Saul, I mean, with Peter and Cornelius. I am stopping throughout the day, morning, noon, evening, and I'm praying the Shema, Deuteronomy 6, 5. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, and I will love the Lord my God with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my strength. These commandments he's given to me today are to be written on the doorposts of my home, bound on my forehead, tied around my wrists. You know, I'm going to talk about them when I'm at home, when I walk on the road, when I get up. And I that's the prayer they were praying three times a day. That's what they devoutly did. And so I'm injecting that in right now. It doesn't mean I'm praying better than somebody. I'm learning different ways to pray and speak to God. And sometimes just to proclaim to him, there is no other God, but you. And I'm trying to learn to love you with everything I got today. That's awesome. And so Peter's praying, Cornelius is praying. God shows up to both of them in a vision because there's something big he wants to do in this moment in what I would say biblical history. It's huge. It's going to change the ball game right now with what takes place. Yeah, yeah. And so it tells us that Peter goes up at the sixth hour, so he's praying. He becomes hungry and wants something to eat, but while they were preparing it, he fell into a trance and saw the heavens open and something like a great sheet descending, being let down by its four corners upon the earth. In are all kinds of animals and reptiles, birds of the air, and there came a voice telling Peter, rise, kill, and eat. But Peter said, by no means, Lord, for I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. And the voice came to him again a second time. What God has made clean, do not call common. This happened three times, and the thing was taken up to heaven at once. That's crazy. So here's the vision that God has for Peter while he's praying. He gives it to him three times. And here's the beauty of it. Verse 17 says, now while Peter was inwardly perplexed, so it tells us that he's confused. He's trying to figure out what this dream is, this vision that God gave him three times, which is ironic, right? Because how many times did Peter deny Jesus? Yeah. And how many times does Peter uh, invite, how many times does Jesus invite Peter back sitting on the seashore of Galilee three times? Him, so there's something in, think about it this way. 
comically. I don't think that maybe this is biblically correct. <laughs> There's something about Peter that God's like, <laughs> it takes three, three times. <laughs> <laughs> or anything with three has got to traumatize it's him. Like right? a, it's like a kid. One, you know you have your kids, right? One, yeah. one of them will respond at one. Yeah, yeah, and then some of them like, wait for the two, but they know I better not get to three. Geez. And then you have the one kid that's like, oh, they wait all the way till you get to three. You know, that's probably sage, right? <laughs> Yes, bro. And, and so, like, that's Peter. You He's know? the kid that waits till three. For some reason, Jeez, it's three. Man. Now, I don't know if yeah, that's true. Yeah. But I think that there's there's just that's funny. sometimes the Bible needs that, that humor to go, Yeah, we are confused, and we don't often get it. That's okay. Yeah, It's not that you get it. It's that you're searching to find it. Mm. There's the difference. Yeah. And for those that would read this vision, to bring some things to clarity, first of all, the phrase four corners, that the sheet is let down from, from heaven with four corners. That was in reference to literally the world, the four corners of the earth. We will read in scripture that when God returns, he will gather his elect from the four corners, right? Um, when it says that the uh, in Revelation, we'll get there in a few weeks, right? That uh, the reapers were released. There were four of them to the four corners, right? Like So it's this picture of the world. This vision has something to do with the world. It, has, it doesn't have anything to do with food. This is why Peter's complex, perplexed, because it, it, it's 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 in him to go, well, I'm seeing all these animals. You said rise, kill, and eat. And the laws and the commandments tell me that I have to abstain and I have to eat by a certain diet. And this this vision doesn't have anything to do with a diet. It has everything to do with people. And this is why God says, listen, don't call anything common or unclean that I haven't. This word common is what you called an outsider who had no heritage or no roots within the nation of Israel and, and the Jewish people. Unclean was an outsider who was just living in complete rebellion against the God of Israel. You were worshiping other gods. You were, you were fornicating like the rest of the world. You were, you were doing whatever the nations do. You were considered unclean. And so therefore, God is talking about people with this vision. He's not talking about animals. This is not like written code that you are now, you get the green light from God to go eat your bacon, right? Gentiles were never asked not to eat bacon in the first place. And Jewish people, Orthodox Jewish people still today hold to kosher dietary laws. Okay. There are some Jewish people that say that I don't. And do I think that God is like coming after you if you do? No. Um, but for this moment in history, Peter's perplexed because he's not breaking those kosher laws and they're not incumbent upon the, the people that we're about to find out. So while he's perplexed, it says that um, he had seen uh, what he had seen, uh, what he had seen. He says, the men who were sent by Cornelius, um, having made inquire of Simon's house, stood at the gate and called out to ask whether Simon was called, who was called Peter was lodging there. And while Peter was pondering the vision, so he's still thinking about it, the Spirit said to him, Behold, three men are looking for you. Now listen to this. This is what I think is really cool in the story. We didn't hit this at all yesterday. Rise and go down and accompany them without hesitation, for I have sent them. In the story of God, the never-ending story of God, when did someone else get visited by three men? You know? Yeah, uh, hold on. Was it 
Abraham. Yeah. Yes. yes Abraham. Yes, yes. Yes. So Abraham gets gets visited by three men at his tent. This is the man whom God said, "Go," and he immediately obeyed. So the message tells Peter, "Go right now without hesitation." The message and the covenant God made with Abraham was, "I will bless the world through you." The three men were showing up to tell him, next time we return, your wife will be with child. They were bringing him that covenantal promise. That promise was going to be for the world. Now three men show up at Peter's house. This doesn't mean he's like the new Abraham, but there's some some echoes and there's some symmetry of God at work, the God of Abraham, who made a promise to bless the world through Abraham, not just the nation of Israel, is now giving Peter this direct message with three unknown men that he's immediately, without hesitation, supposed to go be with. So wow. you're seeing this play out in the story of God. Wow. And then when he goes down, it says he went down, and I'm the one you were looking for. What is the reason you're coming? And they said, Cornelius, a centurion. Listen, an upright, God-fearing man. So this is what his soldiers speak about him who was well spoken of by the whole Jewish nation. So he's an outsider to the faith, yet all the Jewish people are speaking about this man's faith, devout, God-fearing, you know, and he's an outsider, a Gentile. He was directed by the holy angel to send for you to come to your house to hear what you have to say. So he invited him to be his guest back to the house. And so now Peter and them go to Cornelius' house. And when he shows up there, with this, his close friends, uh, it tells us that when he entered the house, Cornelius, and they fall down at his feet. This is Peter. This is a disciple of Jesus. This is someone that has experienced and witnessed the resurrected Jesus. This man is an outsider. He has heard it, yet he believes it enough that not only his household and the men following him, but the whole Jewish nation around him wow. are like, man, this God is God-fearing. He is fully devout. And so he he tells them, uh, Within this, Peter says to him, you yourselves know that it's unlawful for me to associate with or even visit anyone of another nation. Peter's like, I shouldn't even be in this house, but God has brought me here for a reason. He says, God has shown me that I should not call any person common or unclean. In this moment, his eyes are open. So now we're back to the vision. The vision wasn't about unclean and common food. It was about people. God has now revealed to me in the home of Cornelius where I was not supposed to be that God can do something different. And so he tells him, he says uh, down in verse, uh, I, I believe it's 34, truly I understand that God shows no partiality, but in every nation anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. Wow. This is, this is, this is the vision that God is giving Peter because this was always the mission. Yeah. It has not changed since the beginning of time. Since creation, since the covenant with Abraham, since the, the calling of the disciples, since the invitation to Peter, since the Great Commission, since the instructions to wait for the Spirit of God that you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth, to the encounter with Saul and Jesus on Damascus Road, and now with Peter, the disciple, the leader of the, of the church in Jerusalem. Of the disciples, I'm going to take you into the home of a Gentile and show you what has taken place. Wow. And so this is, this is the turning point because this is the moment where Peter realizes 
the gospel of Jesus is for all four corners of the earth, for everybody. There's power in that. Yeah. Thank God for that. I was talking to my kids about that last night. It's so awesome because we're tearing down some of the stuff on stage, and the first thing my son comes at at, at me with was, "Do you want to learn? You want to know what we learned about today?" I'm like, and I'm curious, like, what did you learn about today? He's like, "Man, we learned about this dream that Peter had, and and then these animals came down, and later that night we just talked about that dream and the importance of it." And I told him, I said that that particular dream changed everything. It it opened the door for all of us to be a part of the good news of what Jesus, Jesus ultimately his purpose was. Yeah. And so it opened the door. It gave us access. It gave us abil- uh, the, the ability to come now and be a part of the story of God and what he wanted and redeeming us. And so it's great. You said something so powerful, man, on, uh, on Sunday. You said God accepts you as you are versus God invites you where you are. Yeah, because there's I some love that, clarity that was, that, was good. that needs to be made because yeah. – People will take God shows no partiality and they will twist it and they will misuse it for the belief or the life they want to live. So they're only, it's selective hearing, right? They're choosing to hear instead of choosing to believe because when they claim God accepts me as I am, what they're saying is I get God plus. Mm. Now, where have we seen that before? That was the nation of Israel all throughout the Old Testament. I want God and what the world has to offer. So people will say, God accepts me just as I am. And while that sounds so great, first of all, there's no scripture that says that, right? There's, there's not, there's not, that's not scripture. That's not a Bible verse. That's a, that's a thinking and ideology that has been uh, created. Mm. I would hear that statement a lot as as a child and, and, and it sounded great. The problem is then Old Testament now is that people will then use that as I can do, be, claim whatever I want, and God still accepts me. Yeah, he's cool with it. And this is where we have to draw the line because there are people saying, I can be this and claim I'm following God. I can do this and claim I'm a Christian. I can be this and say I'm one of God's children. And it's not, yeah. it's not, it's not both. So there's a difference in God accepts you as you are and God invites you from where you are. Yeah, that's good. God God doesn't ask you, as we said yesterday, to get clean before you come to him. He invites you where you are in all your dirtiness and darkness and all of your sin. Peter will later say this in verse 43, to him all the prophets bear witness. So he's bringing the whole story of God into play here. He's not just bringing, hey, just what Jesus told me, it's all coming true into fruition. He's saying all the prophets, all the major prophets, all the minor prophets. We're talking about Elijah and Isaiah, but we're talking about Micah and Malachi. And we're talking about John the Baptist who came to prepare the way. He's even going to talk about his baptism. But but you have all of this taking place. And he says, all the prophets bear witness to him. Wow. Everybody speaks to Jesus in what he did. That everyone who believes in him, everyone who believes in him, for the forgiveness of sins to his name. Like, like he's letting you know this is where it's all found. This is where it all begins and ends. God invites you from where you are 
into this moment. He shows no partiality. I don't care where you've been. I don't care your ethnicity. I don't care your background. I don't care where you used to go to church. I don't care if you never went to church. I don't care uh, what, what language your family spoke. I don't care if you are in a different country, if you migrated to this country. I don't care what state you live in. I don't care what you claim to be in the moment. In this generation, I invite you where you are. But when I invite you in, it's because I bring forgiveness of sin and we all fall short of the glory of God. And when he invites us in, he invites us into complete life change. Listen to the life change of Cornelius. His family believes it. The people who work for him believe it. The nation of of Israel, Jewish people believe it. They have seen this God-fearing man, devout to God, dedicated to prayer, giving generously to people to help them in need, living out the ways of Jesus intentionally. Peter now sees it with his eyes and realizes, wait a second, the gospel of Jesus is for everyone. Mm, that's so good, man. Acts eleven eighteen. when they heard these things, they fell silent and they glorified God, saying, Then to the Gentiles also God has granted repentance that leads to life. It's good, man. The life is that word, right? That's it. Do you hear that Jesus brings life or do you believe it? Yep. These people believed it. We are in a generation of people to just hear it. And this is why James, the brother of Jesus, says, be doers of the word, not just hearers. We have walked for 45 weeks with some of you through the story of God. How much of it have you heard? How much of it are you believing? Mm-hmm. How much of it are you listening to? And how much of it is changing you? How much of it do you look at, listen to and go, well, that's just your opinion. If it's in the Bible, it's God's word, right? And we've tried to keep you as close to the Bible as we possibly can. Every so often we'll interject some thoughts towards it, but we are keeping it centered and rooted in the Bible. And Peter has this moment that God gives him this beautiful vision that what you think is common or unclean, I don't. Hmm. They get to be part of this. Later, Paul will write, and we can't miss this. He will tell the people he's trying to share the good news with because he encountered Jesus, but he's Jewish. He tells them things like, you were grafted in, it tells us. So like you didn't belong here, but you're grafted in as, as if you did, Right. From, from the beginning, he will say things like, it is not you who supports the root, but the root who supports you. Don't forget you're coming into this. So therefore, when you come into this, you need to know what it's about. The problem is we think that we replace it mm. and we get to rewrite it and we get to rethink it and we get to, to, to reinterpret it. We don't. This is why we say we will study church history, but we don't want to go back just to church history. Yeah. We want to go back to the people of the Bible, living in the Bible in the context. This is why we look at the context and the culture and the setting, real people, real place, real time, because I want to know as far back as possible, what did they see? What did they hear? What did they know? Not what has someone come up with or reinterpreted in 2023. The Bible's clear. There are wolves in sheep clothing. There are false prophets. There are wrong pastors and there are wrong preachers. And we have a generation that loves to scroll social media and to search YouTube to hear what they want to hear, but not believe what the Bible is calling them to believe. And in Acts chapter 11, as you just said, when Peter goes back and tells all the disciples 
all that has taken place and he proclaims what he has seen, they glorify God. And he says, now I see that God has granted repentance that leads to life for everyone. I've seen it. I've experienced it. It's here. It's offered. The invitation is sitting on the table. That's good, man. That's good. Wow. Episode 45. Super good, man. Super good. We're not here without it. We're not here without this episode. Exactly. Right? That's the key part of this. In the story of God, people go, when did you, when did this become your faith? Well, first of all, they were never, let me just be clear real quick as we're closing. Yeah. Never fully out. We just read in the Old Testament, even the laws, if the foreigner or the outsider blasphemies God's name, kill him and stone him. That was a law in Leviticus. So it was telling you that the foreigners and the outsiders do come into this faith. So like it's always been there. Maybe they didn't pay attention to it. Maybe it was just in the shadows. Maybe it wasn't the focal point. Like it's always been inside the story. But this is the moment where just what Jesus said was going to happen. And this is where we're getting to, right? The God who created the world is going to return for his people. This is revelation. This is the ending of the story, the never-ending story of God. Everything from the ascension of Jesus till the return of the king, that whole space, no matter how long it continues to go, is for one purpose and one purpose only. And that is for the people to who believe this to go gather as many people as they can to be part of this. Because when he shows up at the end of it all, it is done. The story of God that is coming back to reclaim and redeem the world is coming back for his people. Therefore, you have a mission with the breath God has given you in your lungs to go share the gospel of Jesus with as many people as possible because they're all invited in. They won't all choose to come in. And that will break the hearts of some of us. But they're all invited in. So while he's away, go, go, go. Because when he comes back, we enter into that life to come with him forever. Yeah, it was good, man. What are, how are we using what we've been given? This is so good, man. That's, that's awesome. And that's, that's, that's what we're called to do, man. Uh, I was telling my kids last night, too. I said, hey, um, you know, be the light where you are. You know, represent Jesus, bring the good news because it's been brought to us. You are not responsible for the results, right? We have a responsibility. Our responsibility is to share the good news. God is the one that does the transformation. God is the one that uses that seed and does what he needs to do. But our job is to be the spokesman, to be the light, and God will take care of the rest. But it's, it's out of obedience, man. But Super good. Episode 45 in the books, man. I hope you guys truly enjoyed it. It was such a treat and blessing to uh, dive a little bit more deeper and uh, be a part of the discussion. Um, But again, guys, join us. Again, if you haven't been a part of the this never-ending story, we have resources in our website, genesischurchorlando.com backslash the never-ending story. You can check that out for just resources on what we're doing. Um, you can binge on YouTube. You can binge on Spotify and iTunes and be a part of just this entire conversation. And check us out, too, uh, Genesis Church Orlando on at, at, on YouTube to check out all of from week one till week 45 and everything that we've been talking about. We hope that it has been a huge blessing for you. If you have any questions, 
Email us at postsundaypodcast at gmail.com or DM us at postsundaypodcast on Instagram, TikTok, X, wherever is comfortable for you. Follow us and be a part of what God is doing here today. Can't wait. Um, six more to go. And uh, seven more? Six, seven more? Six more? Oh, gosh. Now you got me 45, One, 52. Two, seven more to go. Seven more to go. Seven more to go. So, can't wait to be with you guys next week. Hope you have an amazing week. Grace and peace. Thanks for listening to the Post Sunday Podcast. Presented by Genesis Church. A place to go further, discover more, and to learn things you possibly never have. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Genesis Church Orlando and at Post Sunday Podcast. Till next time, grace and peace to all of you.